0: Real Talk with Juliana. I am your host, Juliana Page, and I am so excited that you are here. I am an author, a speaker, and a professional life coach, but really, I am here to give you practical wisdom that you can integrate into every area of your life so that you can thrive and not just survive. So if you are ready to live a spirit-led life, and level up your inner game so that you can win in your outer game. Let's dive right in. What is good, everybody? Welcome back to the Spirit-Filled Real Talk podcast. We are talking today about being calm, calm, cool, and collected. Calm, cool, and collected, right? All about not how you can be the happiest person that you know, but how you can be the most stable person you know. Come on, right? Like, can't we just admire those people that seem to embody this peace that surpasses all understanding? It doesn't matter what's going on around them, how many things they're juggling, you know, situations that they're facing where they should be reacting some kind of way, but they choose to activate their their faith and their spiritual capacity and tools and resources instead, it's mind-boggling, right? But we do all have access to that, right? And we can be calm, cool, and collected. We do not have to fake it, right? This is something that we can choose, and I'm going to talk about doing that today. But I do want to highlight that we don't always know what's best for us, right? In most instances, we don't really know what is best for us, right? We think we do. We think we have a good idea and a good understanding of what's going to make us happy or what the best path is, right? But if we're honest, we don't always consult God on that plan. (laughs) And many are the plans of a man's heart, but the Lord establishes his steps, right? So if we admit that we don't always know what's best for us, that's a great reminder of humbling ourselves before the Lord and to keeping a healthy fear of the Lord intact in our lives, right? So I have a verse, it's actually coming from 2 Kings 22.1, and this is talking about uh, Hosea who was an eight-year-old king. Okay, come on. He was eight years old when he began his 31-year reign in Jerusalem, all right? So I want to highlight this in 2 Kings because I don't know how many people actually go into 2 Kings in the Bible, right? But check this out. He became a king when he was eight years old, all right? So I want to hold up here that have you ever doubted someone's spiritual leadership because he or she was young, all right. He was a young king. He led his people in great spiritual renewal, restoring worship and leading the people back into a right relationship with God. Right. So, what am I holding this up for? Well, I want to encourage you, first of all, to pray for your children. If you have any, or if you're even like a spiritual mother or father to others, right, or are mentoring children, make sure that you're praying for them because. That unlocks destiny, right? Your prayers can really unlock the destinies that God has for them. and it's so, so important to not take that lightly or ever forget to do that. All right? But I'm also highlighting this because often, and many folks that I work with, this is true for them, they they had to become somebody that had greater responsibility than they were able to carry, right? So they had to become an adult while they were still a child. With me? Or they had to become some kind of role. And that was a sacrifice, right? Where they were forced to grow up quickly, okay? So many people feel that they, like, like a young king here, were forced to grow up too fast. And when that happened, they lost something and that loss was detrimental to their enjoyment of adulthood, all right? So as adults, for example, we should be able to accomplish things in our lives without feeling burdened. We should be responsible and yet lighthearted enough to enjoy our daily lives, even our work, right? We, we find this out in Ecclesiastes 5.18, where it says, Behold, what I have seen to be good and fitting is for one to eat and drink and find enjoyment in all the labor in which he labors under the sun, all the days which God gives him. For this is his allotted part, right? It's a gift to be able to have and enjoy our lives. It's a gift to be able to enjoy the work of our hands, right? And I believe that we should be able to enjoy every single thing that we do, okay? And and sometimes we don't, right? Sometimes we can have all the things, right? We can have all the accomplishments, we can have the children, we can have the relationship, we can have the business, we can have the possessions, whatever it is, right? Yet, it's, it's not an advantage when you can't say you've really enjoyed your life, right? John 10.10, you hear me talk about this verse a lot, but John 10.10 tells us that Jesus came to this earth so that you and I might have life and enjoy it to the full, right? But I really think from a lot of the folks that I encounter and what I see going on around me, right, just being observant, that we've forgotten how to enjoy life, right? We need to actually learn to be childlike because if there's one thing a child knows how to do, it's... To enjoy anything and everything, right? Just study them. You'll see this very quickly. But here's the catch. When a child is forced to grow up too quickly without being permitted to be a child, he often ends up with tremendous emotional problems, okay? Not being permitted to play will steal a person's childhood and his enjoyment of adulthood, right? So in my own life story my problem was thinking i had to to deserve right any bit of fun enjoyment or blessing that came my way i either had to deserve it or i had to earn it right which is really backwards thinking when it comes to a spiritual walk right now i've learned boundaries <laughs> right and to take inspired actions to to follow through to be diligent to have healthy habits right but to stop when i'm done and to to not overdo it right if we don't do that we open ourselves up to burnout and once we get burned out it's really hard to recover and that can actually cause more damage than good so here is what i want to hold up today and then i want to inspire you to to start building a calm cool collected spirit all right and we're going to talk a little bit about that so the good things that come to us in this life are given to us by the lord that's what james 1 says He wants to give them to us. He wants us to enjoy life to the fullest, right? But if you've lost part of your childhood because you had to grow up too quickly, here's the task. Pray and ask God to restore your joy, your childlike faith, and your ability to celebrate life. Okay, so this first part of the message today is... On my heart for the doers, for the achievers, for the get it done people, for the self initiators, for those that fill in the gap, for the middle mediators, right? For the people that know how to really be there for other people and to pour into other people, but it's often at the sacrifice of their own self and their own well being, depending on how far they go, right? And it is one of the greatest lies of the enemy that you can't have joy, that you can't be childlike with your faith, and that you can't celebrate life. Some of the refreshing, some of the renewal, some of the redemption right, that God is working in your life is through those things. It's through activating joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength, right? It's through childlike faith. I don't have to see it. I don't have to know how it's going to happen or when it's going to happen. But I know who God is and I know he's faithful and I know it's a matter of time. Like God can do it. Whatever is impossible with man is never impossible with God. So I choose to activate my faith and just say, thank you, God, that you're on it right? We can activate that, right? A child usually doesn't question their parents if they're going to be good to them unless they had a bad experience. So God can restore that childlike faith and also your ability to celebrate life, right? And life is happening one day at a time, one moment at a time, and one step at a time. And we change life today by what we do right now, right? So we get to choose to be Activating joy now, to activate childlike faith now, to celebrate even small wins now, right? Whatever you can reach for, start practicing that because what you focus on grows more in your life. And what do you want to get better at? Do you want to get better at joy, at childlike faith, and just your ability to celebrate life? Imagine how that might change your overall sense of fulfillment and enjoyment of life. Just check that out. So I wanted to encourage you with that, okay? That one, we don't always know what's best for us. So it's super important that you're seeking God, that you're delighting in God, that you're trusting that he does and that he's already gone ahead of you and made the way for you, that he has good plans for your life, promises to give you a future and a hope, right? They're not for evil. So you can trust him. You might not know the way, but he knows the way and he's directing your steps, right? So getting with God is super important and never getting to that place where you think you've got it all together, right? Because we're, we're not in control. <laughs> so it's really important to get honest. Secondly, it's important to recognize that the facade of having to keep it all together, there is a facade of being calm, cool, and collected that's fake, right? But having the real supernatural peace that surpasses all understanding the real deal, the real deal, right? That's important and that is something that you do have access to, but God is the one that can restore it if you are somebody that had to grow up too quickly, that had to take on a ton of false responsibility, that had to carry the weight of so many things and then weren't even able to identify your own needs, your own feelings, right? What what it is that you need, what it is that you desire and how to actually develop healthy relationships or communicate your emotions well, right? These are things that that often suffer when we're trying to handle what's going on with other people and neglecting what's going on with us. But God can restore you. Okay, so I want to hold that up because sometimes that's what's affecting whether or not we can be calm, whether we can be content. A lot of times when we've grown up too fast, we are in the habit and practice of constantly doing, like we legit cannot slow down. We can't focus. We're overwhelmed and we just, everything is just too much, right? So I want to just put a pause on that with this gentle reminder today, and I'm going to give you some things that you can start practicing and start doing to help you be calm and content the apostle paul talks about it he talks about how he learned to be content whether he's a based or abounding whether he has a lot or a little he's learned to be content that that is the secret of life being content in all things right i can be content and so grateful for what i have knowing that it's a good gift from god right that anything that i have it's been given to me by god right So I can't claim, oh, I earned this, or I'm just so awesome, right? But everything, every good thing that comes to us in this life is God, right? And when you know that, you can be grateful for what you have and also be expectant and hopeful about the future, okay? So there's no no shame in that. That's something that can help you keep a right attitude, okay? So when it comes to some scriptures, I just wanted to hold up a couple of things calmness is the way that we show we are trusting God. Okay, so what I want to hold up is maybe your family of origin, it wasn't a trusting one. You couldn't trust that you were going to be cared for properly or that you were going to be nurtured or that you were going to be provided for. That's common, actually, right? But calmness is the way that we show we are trusting God. So a lot of what happened to you in your past is healed by trusting god he's the one that can calm the storm in your spirit or in your soul right and your soul is your mind and your will and your emotion so our mind can be all over the place our emotions can be raging right our heart can be heavy trying to process and sift through so many different things right but god can invade all of that right Sometimes, here's the other thing, sometimes God calms the storm, so what's happening in life and what's happening around us, but sometimes he lets the storm rage and calms his child. Okay, so a lot of times when we're going through things, God is working out a new rhythm or a new tone or his new nature in us, right? It's the right amount of pressure to get the diamond. It's the right amount of chaos to bring forth the character that he wants to develop in you. He doesn't cause bad things, right? Necessarily, but he does use them for good. Okay. So Isaiah 7, 4 says this, be careful, keep calm, and don't be afraid. Do not lose heart because of these two smoldering stubs of firewood because of the fierce anger, right? So it's just telling us, be careful to keep calm and not be afraid. So we're going to be tempted to get afraid, right? To be freaked out by things. But we're careful not to lose heart when we go to God. Okay. Judges 6.23 says, calm down. Don't be afraid. <laughs> right? Uh, okay. Exodus 14.14 14 says, the Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Okay. And then Psalm 89, 8 through 9 says, Lord God of the heavenly armies, who is as mighty as you? Your faithfulness surrounds you. You rule over the majestic sea. When its waves surge, you calm them. So powerful, right? So keep that in mind. And then lastly, Zephaniah 317 says, For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty Savior. He will take delight in you. With gladness, with his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. Okay, so there are so many verses. I'm not even scratching the surface, to be honest, but there's so many that speak to God's desire for us to be calm, to be seated with him in heavenly places, meaning our soul can be at rest even in the midst of whatever we're looking at or whatever we're facing. And when it gets overwhelming, what we see with our physical eyes, we can go to him to get a different perspective, right? Lift up your eyes, right? That's where your help comes from. It doesn't come from looking at what is. It comes from looking to him, right? So here's a couple of things that we can do to be calm in spirit, to actually practice this and cultivate this new tone or this new rhythm in your life. Okay. So I'm just going to give you 10 ways. All right. So the first one is, where is it? (laughs) I made some notes here. All right. So the first thing to know is that Everyone gets anxious. Everyone feels emotions that are heavy and scary and hard to deal with. But having a calm spirit can be achieved by number one, noticing any imbalances that you're experiencing in your body, in your mind, and then bringing them back into balance through changing any patterns of thoughts and actions that are thwarting your calm sense of being. Okay. So first and foremost, you've got to recognize that it's God's desire for you to be calm and content, to not fear, to not worry, but to trust and stay rooted and grounded in him. Okay. Having a calm spirit is a place in a position of power and authority, right? So With number one, the key here is to notice when you feel out of balance. There could be things that are happening to you. Maybe you get headaches, maybe you have tightness in your shoulders, maybe you stop breathing deeply, maybe there's tension in your back, right? Maybe you have body soreness, maybe you have indigestion of some kind, maybe you're moody or irritable, right? Maybe you feel racing in your heart, right? There's things that you can pick up on when you're sensing an imbalance and it's key to start tracking that And then when you can start doing the tracking, you can start to replace whatever is going on. So if you have thoughts that are not in agreement with the truth, it's one thing to cast them down. It's another thing to replace it with the Word of God. So something that we need to really get in the habit and practice of doing, number one, is to notice the imbalances, but also to study the Word and apply it practically to your life. Read the Word of God as if it's written to you personally, right? Right. Number two is quiet your breathing. A lot can happen when we take control of our breath, strangely enough, right? But whenever you're feeling the least bit anxious or nervous, take notice of any changes in your breathing, okay? It can cause over breathing sometimes when we have stress going on in our life, but we can quiet that rapid pace by changing the pace of our breath and doing a lot of deep breathing exercises. You can also have a daily visualization practice. I like visualizing the promises of God or meditating on them, reading them over and over, and really discerning and, and starting to get a sense of what that means for me practically. So that's something that you can do. Number three, give your mind a time out. Sometimes really responsible folks are overthinkers, right? So it's important to be able to clear your mind of troubling thoughts, right? Cast your cares onto the Lord because he cares for you. So even just being able to identify them and delegating them to the Lord, right? And allowing him to give you advice, right? Or inspired actions that you are to take and just trusting that he's going to handle the part that you can't. Okay. And sometimes again, guided visualizations are good for that, right? So you can picture yourself turning it over to God Having a divine encounter where you give something over to God, right? And He gives you something in exchange. You give Him that anxiety and He transfers peace to you, right? And you can visualize that and you can notice how that takes over your body because the imagination is so, so powerful. Number four, allow yourself a little pampering. So, whatever you need to do to remove yourself from chaos for. Sometime it could be going for a walk. It could be getting a workout in it could be getting in the bathtub (laughs) It could be getting a massage and getting that tension literally like, you know massaged out of you Um, Just something that you can do even just getting alone getting into quiet time with God being able to listen to worship music or soaking music right just removing yourself from chaos for a period of time so that you can actually recalibrate right Number five is you can slow down your response, right? So a lot of times we are reactive rather than responsive. Okay, so even just having a couple of phrases that help you to put a pause on what's currently happening so that you're honoring whoever else might be involved and then taking five, (laughs) creating some space, right? So that you can actually think things through and then come back with a response. That can be really, really healthy and vital Two healthy relationships. So think about that. It's a great way to really avoid a lot of unnecessary conflict. So really practicing living from a calmer state, right? Having a, a series of things that you can do when you're triggered, right? So you can have certain things that you might say to give yourself a buffer of time. You can have you know, some ways that you help calm yourself down when you're triggered, but knowing what those are can help you in the moment, right? Number six is create boundaries. Sometimes we need to step back again to create some distance between yourself and anybody else that might be challenging you and your sense of calm. So it's important to pull back when you need to. And really just have an awareness of what your boundaries are so that you can communicate those not only for yourself, but for other people as well, so that you are creating safe and healthy relationships. But you have to start that and initiate that with yourself first. Number seven is nurture your inner child, right? This inner child that had to grow up too quickly, this inner child that maybe never fully processed emotions and and could deal with triggers well, right? Be able to nurture your inner child. And that might be doing some inner child research. That might be, you know, taking a moment to be caring and loving to yourself. That could be reframing things that you're telling yourself. So instead of saying things that I hear people say all the time, like, I'm so stupid, I can't believe, you know, like, Rather than speaking, cursing over yourself, have things that you're going to say to yourself when you make a mistake or when things don't go your way, have ways to nurture yourself, right? Number eight, hush your critical inner voice. Sadly, this is our worst enemy, right? And it takes resolve and diligence to transform any words that we're saying to ourselves, right but we can do that we can think on purpose believe it or not so we can be intentional and deliberate with our thinking and force ourselves actually quite literally to think on the word of god to think on whatsoever is pure lovely noble praiseworthy right we can intentionally do that to actually replace the wrong patterning that's going on in our minds. That's really important to do for a critical voice. And as you do that, you start to learn more about the thoughts that God has for you. They're like the sand on the seashore. There's so many good thoughts that he has for you, but are you thinking those, right? So training yourself to think like God thinks can hush that critical inner voice because if nothing less, you can identify, oh, that's not God, I'm not going to partner with that. I'm not going to believe that. I'm not going to speak to myself that way because usually how you treat yourself is also how you would treat other people. All right. Number nine, lean on somebody. So it's okay to ask for help. So especially these doers and these people that handle it all on their own, it is okay to ask for help. And a lot of times it's really important. The more responsibility you're taking on, the more things you're managing, it is important that you have help in your life and a support system and are building community, right? So trying to take everything care of everything by yourself just because you can isn't always the wise strategy and that's not always God's best for your life. So it's important to reevaluate what you are committed to and how much you're taking on for yourself and really assess what can I delegate, right? What will really help me move forward in the way that makes the most sense? And then number 10, this one is one of my favorite. And I actually try to incorporate this just into my like daily life. But then also, at least a couple of times a year, I try to do this. But take a spiritual ret- retreat. Ugh. Take a spiritual retreat. There we go. Taking a few minutes out of your day for a mental reprieve or taking a half hour you know, to to indulge in something that is a stress reliever for you that is healthy, (laughs) right? It's really, really important. But I even recommend going on spiritual retreats because this is a great way to build community with people that value similar things that you do, to reset, to reboot, to renew, to recommit. It's just so, so important, right? So a lot of people do Um, New Year's resolutions, right? Or they set some intentions for the year, or they they really focus on what they want the year to be about, or maybe there's a theme, right? But having constant connection with God is our life source, right? Now, also being in community where people can facilitate different exercises to help you grow in your connection to God and really uh, learn how to develop your spiritual muscles, so, so important. So being able to have a place where you can go to and retreat and eat really healthy food and get good rest and journal and pray and right, just really go through a different experience, it's so, so helpful. And sometimes even just going on one just to to get a word from God, right? Just knowing that he's faithful. When you make a sacrifice like that to invest in your development with him, that he's gonna meet you, so, so powerful. A lot of times that's something that's absolutely necessary. So even scheduling something like that It's really important, but you can also take a spiritual retreat every day, right? (laughs) I call this quiet time, going to your secret place, but there's not a set way that this has to look, right? The important thing is just that you do it, that you have communion, fellowship, relationship with God, right? Like if we're not investing in a relationship, we can't expect it to flourish, right? If we're not investing at all, if we're not giving our time to God, if we're not giving our attention, if we're not giving our focus, who are we to ask God to show up and do all these things for us, right? I mean, just think about it. A lot of times we we look at relationships for what we can get, but the whole point is what you can give and how you can love. That's the main thing, right? Right. So, the neat thing is is that when you spend that time with God, when you fellowship with God, when you develop that relationship he multiplies time back to you, <laughs> he restores peace to you, he brings healing to you, he refreshes you, he inspires you, he gives you wisdom, and revelation and understanding for what you're facing in your life. You never regret that time. So that's my encouragement to you on today is that you can be a calm, cool and collected person. That doesn't mean that you're perfect, that doesn't mean that you have it all together, that doesn't mean that life gets easier for you, but that means that you intentionally choose to think on thoughts that are pure, lovely, noble, praiseworthy, that you intentionally decide to respond to situations and manage your emotions, whether that means, too, that you you go to therapy, whether that means that you need inner healing, right, and you actually pursue that but you intentionally do that. And then you also make time to develop spiritually because you know that that is where your power is and that's important for your influence in life, right? You can love better, you can relate better, you can communicate better, you can express yourself better when you are calm, when you are cool, and when you are collected. And not everything has to be offensive. Not everything has to get under your skin. Not everything is worth the airtime. So it's really important that you start learning how to manage your inner man, right? And to really cultivate this new rhythm, right? This frequency of God in you, right? That's one of the best things that you can give to somebody else is that presence of God. And that is something that you do have access to and can tap into every single day. And it can carry you every single day. All right, All right, humans, I hope this message blessed you. If you want to connect, the best way to do so is visit julianapage.com. There are books over there. There's courses over there, coaching programs. All the things so you can do that if you haven't subscribed make sure that you do that you can also share this with a friend that could use this word sharing is caring alright guys new books are coming out and I'm so excited to release them so stay tuned they're coming out sooner than you think I will also say if you haven't gotten my newsletter taken down that freebie from my website. Make sure that you go to julianapage.com, put your information in there so that you can be the first to know when you can pre-order the books. All right, guys, until next time, stay blessed.